Brighton Talk Sex, the sex education we never had at school. You're listening to Brighton Talk Sex. Sponsored by She Said Boutique, bringing to you the finest selection of designer lingerie, burlesque fashion, adult toys, and erotica. So I'm here today with Laura Day, who was part of Brighton Talk Sex a few weeks ago, and um, you shared with us some wonderful energy and, um, I don't know, some enlightenment, let's say, a, a new way of embracing our yonis through what we, we call her. So um, I wondered if you'd like to share a little bit about how you feel the importance of yeah. naming our genitals, let's say. Yes. 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 Um... Thanks, Michelle, and uh, yes, I'd love to. <laughs> um, so, um, one of the things that I, I've found really difficult for myself as a young person mm -hmm. was that the name that I was given to my genitals, that my parents gave me, mm -hmm. was clearly not accurate. It was clearly not <laughs> what this part of body was called, mm -hmm. but I didn't have any other name. Can and I ask what it was? Yes. Oddly <laughs> enough, it was, they called it, they called my vulva my pincher. Wow. Which I've never heard. No. And I actually now, I run workshops all over the world and I often do a little process where mm. I ask people to introduce themselves to one another by the name that they were given to their genitals in, in their childhood. Gosh. And people, and quite often, uh, actually in a certain kind of demographic, people have no name. So they have to say, I have no name, because there just wasn't a name given oh, to that, that part of the really body. Oh, that's really sad, actually. Yes, yeah. yes, Gosh. yes. But I've never heard, I've heard all sorts of interesting varieties of names, but I've never heard that one, the one that I was given. Anyhow, it, it seemed to me that this was a curious name, and I didn't feel like it was something I should share with anybody. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Which left me in a predicament. So what am I going to call this part of the body if I don't mm. think the name I've been given is kind of right? Mm. What am I going to say? I don't. Mm. I didn't know. I didn't know the anatomical names. I I just knew that that was the name that was used in my family. Um, and so for this was something that stayed with me for some time. Obviously, as I grew older, I did learn the anatomical names. But in 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 saying that. I thought I knew the anatomical names, but actually the anatomical name that the most people commonly use for female genitalia is mm. vagina. Mm. And that's actually not the part of the body that you can see, which is often no. what you're most referring to. Mm. Am I correct in thinking that vagina means she for a sword? It, that... Its etymology is mm. um, as sheath, yes. yes. You're absolutely so right. So really, we're just naming the part that the man enters. You could say that. Mm. You could say that. And I know there are many people who feel very offended by that yeah. as, a, as a possibility. I'd like to pop in another little idea, though, mm. because what does a sheath do to a sword? It mm. actually makes it not dangerous. That's true. So there is, I think... Yeah. A degree of <laughs> mm. 
uh, of, of beauty to that name as well. Mm. But strictly speaking, the vagina is the canal. It's the internal part of the mm. female genitals. Mm. Um, and the external part, which is usually what we want to talk about, you know, mainly mm. if we've got a problem with or something like that, or mm. we're di actually discussing the vulva. Mm. And a lot of people have no idea that that is the correct name or even what it means. Mm. Um and when I, my, my show that I did an excerpt of at the, at the sex, uh, Brighton Talks Sex, is called Vaudeville of the Vulva. And, and some people say, some people go, what? Vaudeville of the what? What, what is that? <laughs> um, so there are definitely people who need to come to the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so but, what would you, what, what do you call... Your, I don't want to say pincher, but no, what, when, when did the name change and what to? Yes. So I, then I think my next kind of, I started to use the colloquial name pussy because mm -hmm. that was something I was a little more comfortable with. Mm. Um, and I knew that, you know, that was a, when I got into my teens and there were, this was something that was occasionally talked about. Um, and then I discovered the the Sanskrit word yoni. Mm -hmm. I say yoni, some people say yoni. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing I absolutely love about that word is that it has no negative connotations. Mm -hmm. And so many of the words we use for our genitals are also derogatory words, mm -hmm. which is really painful. Um, not only does yoni not have any negative connotations, mm. it also has incredibly positive connotations because its meaning is sacred gateway, mm. uh, cosmic source. Mm. Um, it, it really reflects the whole extraordinary beauty and power of mm. the genitals, mm. especially the female genitals. Um, and I feel the other thing I really like about that word is that it actually encompasses all of the reproductive system. Mm. So it, it, it's one term, which as I understand it, means vulva, vagina, womb, and ovaries, you know. It's everything. Everything. Mm. So it's, mm. it's huge and glorious. When I say it myself, or when I hear the word yoni, um, I just it just feels so devotional. Um, it, yeah, it's just how it resonates within me. It's actually a word of devotion. It's Absolutely, a very beautiful word. Absolutely, mm. yes, yes. So, do you feel it's important for us women? You know, when we name something, it's almost then we own it. And do you, so you feel, do you feel that it is important for us to, to name our yoni with, with something that enables us to own the power, but also the anatomy and everything? I do. I think it's really important. I actually think in an ideal situation, we would actually just use the the medical terminology like okay. you know nobody <clears throat> complains about 
calling an elbow an elbow. Okay. <laughs> there is no issue no. <laughs> with the elbow or, mm. or um, almost any other part of the body. Mm. But somehow we, we are so cautious about calling a vulva a vulva and a vagina a vagina. Mm. These days I more often use vulva or vagina. Okay. But I also, I also feel quite passionately that we need to be able to describe in more detail mm -hmm. these amazing, this amazing part of the body because there are many parts to the vulva and they mm. all have perfectly good names. Mm. So there's the clitoris mm. and there's the labia mm. <laughs> and there's the entrance to the vagina. Mm. Um, and it's important to be able to, to, to speak about those specifics mm. because especially if you want to describe what you'd like Mm. Uh, your lover to do to you mm. it would be nice to be able to say you can't just say I want you to stroke my vulva well you could mm. but do you mean the whole vulva yeah. <laughs> or do you mean the clitoral hood mm. or the outer labia or the inner labia what mm. what exactly do you mean mm. and I think it would be wonderful if young people in particular were comfortably empowered to use all of the correct yeah. parts, names for their all of their body. Mm. It's like you say, like being comfortable in it. We feel comfortable to say throat and like you say elbow. Yeah. So why not clitoris? Yes. And actually, when I say clitoris, it feels that feels like a beautiful word. You know, it's and they are rather exciting, language, isn't it? Clitoris. It's oh, it's quite sort of tingly. And it does. <laughs> it brings a tickle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I actually did a show recently in London, and one of the um, one of the people who in the audience came up to me afterwards and said, "I realised through your show that I have never used the word vagina or vulva with my seven-year-old daughter, mm. and I'm going to go home and make sure mm. that that's that changes." Mm. Um, because yeah, it's a taboo, and it's a place of 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 discomfort and we want to do the best by our children but unless we kind mm. of realize that we're skirting around a particular mm. terminology mm. then we're making this omission which they're going to recognize that mm. wait a minute yeah. why does mommy never speak about this bit yeah <laughs> what's I mean, wrong with that spoken of it almost brings that feeling of shame, mm. doesn't it? Then there must be something wrong. That, exactly, yeah. exactly. There mm. must be something wrong. If it's not being spoken about, yes. there must be something wrong. Mm. And I think that's what, um, I think that's what a lot of us have, have grown up with. Mm -hmm. um, either it's unspoken or it's got this odd name, which just, in my, mm. like in my case, can't really be right. No. And there are there are literally over a thousand euphemisms for the female genitalia. Mm -hmm. Some horrific ones. <laughs> some really challenging, yes. really challenging, and some more lovely. Mm -hmm. But I think when I speak to parents, I I say, really, if at all possible, can you just use the right words, the mm. correct words? Because the minute, even if you call them yummy bits mm. okay mm. it's a pleasant concept but why are these 
why is this part of the body called yummy bits, mm. whereas my elbow is called my elbow? <laughs> mm. Why is that? It already kind of creates some sort of distance or misconnection. Yeah. The ones I don't like is uh, particularly his front bottom because we don't poo out of it. No. And it kind of makes Ioni's a shitty place, they yes. say. And yes. down there, because then that means it is separate. Mm. So I've got to keep that <laughs> down, down there, down girl. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. and away from everyone. Yes. So they're two ones that are particularly caused a discomfort yes. for me. Yes. Just don't sit well in my body. No, I agree. I don't think that, I, I don't like those either. Mm. So how would you suggest, you know, how... Obviously, when we name our yoni or our vagina or labia vulva, like you say, is that like how we also become more of a woman? Do you think if we can name her, it's like being okay with our womanhood as well? Um, I, I think it might well um, help. Um, I think, I mean, we can... We can we can name her and we can... Usually we have her named mm. for us. Usually... I like you saying her and not it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in some, in some circles I would be, be um, uh, chastised for being uh, unpolitically correct <clears throat> because mm. there are people who identify as men and who have, who have vulvas and vaginas. And I mm. do want to acknowledge that and, and that's perfectly... Fine, I don't wish to offend those people, but for me, mm. she's a she <laughs> yeah. because I am a cis woman and I, uh, mm. I have a, a vulva and a vagina, and she she is a she in for me. Mm. Uh, but I know that for some people, that wouldn't be the case. Okay. Um, but um, I think I think being comfortable with the name that we use mm. is a great step towards being comfortable with ourselves and our sexuality and our essence mm. as women, if we're talking about women right now. Um, but it's not going to necessarily create that comfort. And I think it, it's actually really important to sort of practice if it is hard for someone Mm. to name their genitals comfortably. The only solution I've found is actually practising. Yes, you know? I was going to ask, how would you suggest we do that? Yes, yes. I think it's really important um, because it's such an under-discussed topic. Mm. And it, even if you just practise in a very comfortable, close society, you know, if you've got some girlfriends and you want to say, oh, I realise I'm not fully comfortable with my, my genitals, so I just want to practise talking about them. Is that okay with you? <laughs> um, and then see, I mean, I'm just speaking from my own, uh, mm. own experience because yeah. that really was how it worked for me. Amongst pasta sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Another lump, one lump or two. Yes, thank you. And how is your vagina today? <laughs> such freedom yes and it really it does create freedom 
I've noticed if I'm in situations and people talk about what I, you know, comes mm. up, what do I do? Mm. And I'll talk to them a bit about my work. <clears throat> and sometimes I remember one in particular, it was a group of people who I sang with on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so then there was a discussion about my show and and the word vagina. And everybody started to light up because the discussion had just given them permission to speak the word and Mm. to speak about vaginas and to speak about genitals and the energy around this table having having a cup of tea afterwards was just tangible Mm. because it was like lifting the lid on this held place Mm. of discomfort and don't know what to do and shouldn't really express this and it was quite palpable mm-hmm. in the in the in the room. The... We all had a sing and a song, you know, about yes. our vagina, and yes. you just heard everyone join in because it was something fun, singing, you know, and a crowd doing that together. So yes. it did lighten yes. something that could be quite sterile. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful way of doing it. Yes, yes. So, like, so. By keep using the words, it's like when we're wearing new shoes, the more we wear new shoes, the more they fit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. And often, you know, that's been my experience often because some of the, some of my, the pieces I do in my show and some of the songs that arise, I don't really feel like I write them. They just sort of seem to arise um, (laughs) through me, come Mm. through me. And some almost invariably at the beginning, I'm like, oh no, am I going to? I'm ne- surely not. I can't say that or sing that. So you shock yourself. I do. I'm like, oh no. But you know, the, the, they seem to have a life of their own, and mm. then before too long, I'm perfectly comfortable <laughs> with them. <laughs> and then the next one comes along, and I'm like, mm. oh, okay, we've got to get a bit more out there. <laughs> it is like speaking to you and, and looking at you and watching your show, I really feel it, it could it could only happen through you because I can sense a, a wicked <laughs> <laughs> sense of humour and play uh-huh. about you that, you know, maybe someone else may not pull off, so... I don't know. You make it easy and fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah thank you. There's something. Yeah. Yeah. Very open about that. Yeah. Yes. I think that is. I think that is uh, my gift, actually. Mm. For you know, for, mm. for whatever reason, I have, and I feel that's something that is. Yeah. Uh, what I can offer, making, making this world of our sexuality accessible to people and mm. and not shameful, but, you know, something we can giggle at, our funny ways. Yeah, not ways. in a non-preachy preachy <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. yes. Just having a laugh about it. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So yeah. how did this all start for you? Um, I mean, you do your university, so how did your university begin? Well, uh, it started, I was... Doing, um, I was doing quite a bit of work with whoever since my early twenties. Actually, I I was fascinated by this strangeness that p- 
people don't talk about sex. Mm. And whenever anybody came across my screen who was teaching or talking about sexuality, I mm. was there, front row, notebook ready. Mm. <laughs> and um, so, and there, but there weren't a great deal. There weren't many, but mm. when, but different people did come through into my life and. So I, by the time I uh, reached my 40s, I'd studied with quite a few people who taught uh, about sexuality for my own interest. Um, and at that time, I was still working in the computer industry, actually, as a teacher uh, and a trainer. And I decided I wanted to do something a little bit more creative and a little bit more fun. Mm. And I did, I remember the moment at which I thought, right, I think I've got enough, I've actually amassed enough information about sexuality mm -hmm. to, to teach um, what I know. Mm. Um, and then I looked to actually get some qualifications in that field and... I did, um, but I'd already created the university because, yeah, I love playing with words. And mm. I'd, I, in fact, my first, the first thing I did was I got the website name mm. yoni.com right. in the late 80s. Gosh. Is that right? Yes, yes. No, in the late 90s, that's right, when the, mm. when the internet was still very... Unknown, but because I was mm. a computer person, mm. I knew about the internet. Yes, right. yes. So I, I got that that name because I was already really wanting to create a sort of uh, uh, a resource, not just about sexuality, but also mm. about everything to do with being woman. Yes, um, and a, kind of like a circle, a cyber circle, was mm. my idea. Um, because there were still many more men on the internet than women. Yeah. And the thing, if anyone knew about it in the sort of on the street, they might know that it was a place that you could find porn. Mm. So I thought, right, I'm going to provide some alternative information <laughs> about women and female sexuality and women in general. And that then grew, and through the website, a lot of different things came into my life, including um, some puppets, vulva puppets, um, which um, I then started to play with, and my kind of, my comedienne came out. Yeah, I was just wondering, that... when did she arrive? <laughs> so the various, yeah, various characters emerged, which then mm. became part so of the show. your background isn't performing at all it's it's just part of your personality that yes came out. yes and in a way I've always been mostly been a teacher or a trainer and I actually think mm. teachers are performers you know yeah, you're standing in front of an audience mm. every day mm. yeah but they're not so cheeky and right. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. saucy let's say yes. well it's some, definitely something that teachers don't have at school that you've got <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yes. Mm. No, the co comedy's just been a thing. It's just been a natural thing. Mm -hmm. my, you know, my family, always, we were always making one another laugh. <laughs> and then I also was singing in a choir, uh, a women's choir. And so the songs I wrote also started to be 
more vulva related and uh, the first one was about the the kegel or the pelvic pelvic floor squeeze oh, that's great which was designed to actually remind us to keep doing it because mm-hmm. you know how hard that one is to remember remember yeah. <laughs> so i was yeah so we those songs came out through that medium mm-hmm um and then it's been an interesting journey you know different things different things arising that when i look back on them it's like oh well that led to that led to that led to that and here we are mm. so now here i am with the university with my vaudeville of the vulva mm. doing my talks and programs in quite a number of countries in the world actually mm. But at a time, I think, where people are just becoming ready yes, to hear. Yes, it feels like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think any earlier, and it would have been... Which is a, great, because the more we know as adults, the more we pass on to our children, and yes. then there won't be this whole difficulties, let's say, around sexualities and, and yes. body. Yes, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. It's a lot to be done. Mm. It's a lot to be done in that respect because, unfortunately, however well-meaning we are, um, unless we've done our own work and we really are comfortable, Mm. our kids are going to go, They know. They have great perception. Yeah. Mm. So, mum's telling me that I'm totally beautiful just as I am, but she won't leave the house without putting her face on. Yeah. What's that about? Exactly. (laughs) It's more from watching us. Yeah. They don't actually really hear anything we say, do they? No, no. it's more about watching what we do. Yeah. Like, say, if mum's not comfortable with her yoni, her body, then why am I going to be? Yes. Yes. So it's hopefully, hopefully a real wake-up call for us as parents to, to do our own work and find our own way to feeling comfortable about who we are mm-hmm. in all of our, all of our essences mm-hmm. um, so that we can pass that on to our children because we, you know, we want them to have wonderful, loving, fulfilling relationships. Yeah, and pleasure. And actually. pleasure and and feel great about themselves mm. and to make you make enjoy and, and relish the, the beautiful bodies that we live in and the amazing capacity we mm. have for for experiencing pleasure. Mm. Um and then as a nice byproduct, we get to have all of that ourselves too. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so university is a school for women to relearn um, everything yoni, everything vulva, everything vagina, everything clitoris. So yes. It really is a study of a school that supports study of self. Yes. Yes, sexual self, really, Mm -hmm. but that has so much bearing on all of who we are, actually. It's not just for women, though. I Mm -hmm. also do, I also uh, work with with lovers, lovers of women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do classes and courses for vulva lovers. Okay, Um, that sounds (laughs) marvellous. And I I, I must say, I adore that part of the work Mm -hmm. because any... Any 
Jap who was willing to come along and spend a period of time learning How about to love. Yes, yeah. it's already has my absolute respect. Yes, totally. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. I've yeah. got a few to send you away. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. I did think actually that, you know, on the dating sites, it'd be kind mm. of good to have university trained graduate or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That'd be women fighting over there. That's right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Is there yeah. anything you feel you know, if you had one important message just to mm. put across on what we've spoken to mm. that day. All right. So in in a nutshell, um, for for vulva and vagina owners, I just can't emphasize how important I think it is to connect with and feel comfortable with your amazing genital area um, and to recognize what what a powerful part of you it is what a, a core it is your core your, your essence um, so finding whatever ways you can to just connect and and love her <laughs> um, name her uh, exercise her, mm. <laughs> um, and and yeah, talk about her if 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 you if you can start to bring that in um, into your world mm. as a, as just a part of your essential feminine being. Yeah, thank you, mm. thank you. It's been mm. a really lovely show with you. Mm, thank, thank you, Laura Day. You have been listening to Brighton Talk Sex. Audio hosted by Michelle Roberton. For more information, please visit brightontalksex.com.